Welcome to the Wise Men Say Preview Show. I'm back from my holidays. It's Matthew Keeling here, and I'm joined. Well, I'm reunited with Tom Walsh. Hello, Tom. How are we? Hi, Matt. I'm great. It's lovely to hear your voice again. Is it? Not many people say that. No. Well, you know, you know, it provides a certain kind of uh, continuity for certain people, especially in my life. I need a constant. Well, another constant uh, of, of Wise Men Say podcasts is Michael Loft, and Michael joins us as well from his house. I don't know why I said where he was. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Hello, Mick. How are we? Hi. Yeah, I'm good. I'm not quite as giddy as I was on Saturday. I've kind of calmed down a little bit, but nope, delighted to be on as usual and looking forward to the idiot cast. Well, uh, you know, I, I, I missed the, the, idiot, the idiot cast last week, but... Uh, it, it's nice to be back. I do believe there was a question that wasn't answered. Um, we do have some questions later in the pod for this week, but we were asked by Gary Jerry last week, what is the thoughts, what are our thoughts on Pacer Trains? Um, if you're not familiar, Pacer Trains are commonly found, well, were commonly found in the northeast of England and the northwest of England um, for about a thousand years as they were built <laughs> in the early, the late 70s and the early 80s, modelled on a Leyland bus. The Pacer trains were horrific and bring back terrible memories of overheating, broken down trains on the way to Cramlington. Um, how do you feel about them, Tom? I uh, despise them with all my being because I used to have to get one of them every day. Me too. Twice, maybe twice a day, depending on if I got lucky or not, for the best part of four years. Mm. Um and I also nearly died on one once. I thought that was... <laughs> That's a bad way to go, yeah. isn't it? It probably would be a welcome relief for, wouldn't it, in another way? No, no, Mick, because I don't, <laughs> I don't want to exit this world having been at a terrible job all day and then died on the, uh, the worst <laughs> bit of public transport you can ever imagine. I am... Um, uh, the thing is, though, on trains, you're never, ever going anywhere nice, are you? Well, I was going to Halifax, so no. Well, <laughs> well, I used to get one to Cramlington, and it once, uh, this was a job I had a few years ago, it once just didn't stop. It, it, at the station, it just didn't stop in time because <gasps> they didn't cool work. Uh, so I ended up in Morpeth, um, <laughs> and I had to explain that to you know, a big boss who didn't believe me. <laughs> the train didn't stop at the station, did it not? No, it really didn't. Like... I can assure you. Well, anyway, that's my thoughts on them. I just thought I'd... I said I asked you to wait for me to come back to answer that question, and you, yep. you kindly did. Just before Whether intentionally... Move, before we move on, I always... The one thing I liked about the Pacer trains was that kind of urban legend. I don't know if this is true or not, that in, like, the 90s, we tried to send them to, like... Trying to send, like, a batch of them to, like, war-torn Iran or Iraq or Iran. Yeah. And the uh, the rumour is is they sent them back because well, they're uh, not fit I, for purpose. I thought the rumour was they used them, but they took them out of service before they did in the United Kingdom. Yeah. Which is, like, incredible, isn't it, really? I mean, it says it all, really. I mean, now, now they're turning into classrooms, which is another great idea that the government has yeah i like that as well i think it's you know it shows that everything's really well equipped in this country and moving yeah, forward sure. um the uh yeah so actually i'll be getting one to fleetwood on well it won't be a pace obviously but we'll be getting a northern delight to uh fleetwood on saturday mm. um which is of course who we play this weekend after last week's 
last week's victory against Accrington. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, we started the season way better than any of us probably probably thought. <laughs> I, I did have us unbeaten after the first six games, if, if I remember rightly, um, but I didn't expect us to have won five of them. No. Um, the lads obviously went over uh, Saturday's game on, on the Monday show, but uh, Tom, I've not heard your thoughts. Did you see it last weekend? I well, I've seen all the highlights of it many times. Of which even, there were many. Of which there were many. And even watched the uh, the post-match show with our good friends, Danny and uh, Frankie. And, and yeah, I mean, it was quite funny because the, the highlights I watched, I mean, I don't know if this edited to make us look better or whatever, but we seem to be on the front foot all the time or like have more efforts than that. Whereas Accrington's manager said that we were getting caned for the last 25 minutes. Um, I don't know if that's just to make himself feel better, but I don't know. But again, just, yeah, it's just nice to see us keep winning. And it's like, especially with a little minor setback of, you know, getting pegged back and whatnot and still managing to get through. It's, you know, it's quite, quite exciting, isn't it? It's he did that classic thing, didn't he, though, of, like, John Coleman, of, like, oh, well, I don't want to mention the kind of, like, little team thing, but I'm going to mention it every five minutes yeah, anyway. Yeah. yeah, it's tedious. We've heard it all before. I, it, it was also actually um, wrong. So, <laughs> they, they, well, they just, we, we weren't. That didn't happen. Like, they, they, you know, they put us under pressure for the last 10 minutes or so, I'd say. Um, but we could have been out of sight. We, we said on the yeah. reaction pod, we... we we could have been out of sight long before then, and should have been actually, which is the only minor worry. Um, we're just not quite being clinical enough. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like the games, games we've had. Like I think we've been putting away chances quite regularly. And uh, Gareth mentioned on the the Monday show that we are creating lots of chances. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm not worried at the no, moment. No, I'm not worried as such. I'm just you know that we just don't want. To, to dominate these games and then be pegged yeah. back um, yeah, yeah. because we, we've missed a hat full. Um, but no, well, we've um, obviously we've got Fleetwood on Saturday who've, they've, I was just looking at their form, they started terribly uh, this season, but they've won their last, well, they're unbeaten in the last three, I believe. And they were a good win over Rotherham last weekend, week 4-2. So they started, started the season poorly. They lost to Portsmouth, Lincoln, uh, and Sheffield Wednesday, and also in the League Cup to Stoke, which is a hell of a game for them. Um, <laughs> but they've since drawn, uh, so they've, sorry, they've beaten Cheltenham, they've drawn with Plymouth, and they're a 4-2 win over um, Rotherham away at the weekend, which is but a pretty impressive result. They are scoring goals. Um, and they only had five shots on target, but, you know, clinical. <laughs> Clinical, yeah. isn't it? So it was uh, a bit of a, yeah, a bit of a surprise that uh, that result because you know you always expect Rotherham to be one of these teams, kind of like a, a yo-yo team, but like a, a boring like, yo-yo like team. West Brom, but yeah. like the level below, aren't they? Yeah, you just sort of. yo-yo in between like two bad divisions. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like, um, but yeah, it's, <laughs> I was thinking about this game because it's like Fleetwood. You always used to like not want to play them because of all the shenanigans that go on around it with uh joey barton and whatnot but now it's just like hmm, they're not as 
they're not as repugnant as they once were, Fleetwood. Um, and now and they're probably signed... not as good either. Well, no, it's, it's evident that they're not. Although I did, I did enjoy uh, Joey Barton saying that the people of Fleetwood uh, had nothing in their lives to like inspire his players during that weird documentary. Well, well I, I mean, I hate him, but I've looked on Fleetwood's wiki travel page today. Um, and under the to-do section and <laughs> eat section and drink section, there is nothing. <laughs> I mean, well, you just eat fish and mints. That's all you eat. That's nice, to be fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. You I think this is all about Fleetwood, though, to be fair. Like, so, like, the ground, it's got, like, all the houses around it, which gives you, like, a perfect view of the ground. And when I watch the games on the stream, I've never once seen, like, a single person, like, looking out the window <laughs> or with the lights on or anything. It's that, um, yeah, it's that classic, I wouldn't watch them if they were playing in my back garden kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so, so, at least but the Fleetwood Dars, yeah, exactly, the Fleetwood Dars are at least sticking to the guns with that one when they come <laughs> out of that crack. But, yeah, um, if you go on the Google, if you go on Google Maps around uh, Fleetwood's ground on Street View, the images are from 2009, and nice. they haven't uh, redeveloped any of the ground by then. So oh. <laughs> I imagine it does not give you a, an impression of what it's actually like. I'm sure it's like downtown Miami now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, so obviously we, we, we go in to the, to the game top of the league, so I, well, I'm just expecting us to, to go and win the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Selection-wise, um, Corey Evans was back on the bench on, on Saturday, which was was good to say. I don't know how fit he actually is, whether we could bring him back into the team, because I would like to do that if he is fit. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know what you think, Mick. Do you do you would you like would you like to see him back in? Or even if he is fit, would you persevere with Neil and our friend Luke O9? <laughs> Specifically our best friend, Luke O9. <laughs> my my best friend, Luke yeah. Uh, look, I, I'd like to see um, Evans come in because I think he just gives you that element of carbon control on the game that um, O9 doesn't. And I think if we want to be playing the front foot again and taking the game to Fleetwood, I think Evans is the man for that position. I just think he's a he's a superior footballer, but that's not even a slight on O9. I just think that Evans is a surprisingly technically good player who I wasn't expecting when he came in. And like I say, he's in the kind of Dan Neal mould of every pass he attempts, being forward, whether it's five yards, ten yards, whatever. He just likes to drive us on, and I think he's a much more kind of like dynamic player than what I ever expected him to be. So for me, Evans, he is kind of our best player for that role. So if he is fit, you've got to play him. I agree. I, like I, I, I agree with that. I think also like because of what we've already seen with his injury record, when he is available, play him. Um, yeah. Because he's probably not going to be available that much. Time. I, I know that was a worry we had when we actually signed him. Um, so just play him if he's available for me. Yeah, I think he, yeah, as as Mick touched on there, I think he'd be the nice, nice change of pace uh, yeah. alongside Neil. And also, if O um, nine has this persisting uh, shoulder injury that we've been told he has, maybe it's better if he just comes out or maybe just drops the bench for this game. And if uh, you know, if we if we needed to shore up the game in like the second half, then he's the ideal player to come on and just put himself about and getting stuck into challenges and whatnot and just make sure we get over the line in that respect. Yes, no, I know, and I know we're not supposed to say we should drop him because he's wonderful or whatever. It's just, it'd be, it'd be good to be able to get into this kind of like rotation, really. 
people can come in and out of the team without making mm. the team weaker is, is what yeah. you want. And that that's what I think we can have. Look, uh, he, the, he's not my favourite player, but he, as you say, if you if you need it, if you if we do need someone to bring on, he, if we need bodies on the line on Saturday, you bring him on, and he's going to do that, isn't he? And oh yeah. Um, well, there's, there's kind of a few other dilemmas that have been mentioned, I guess. Um, McGeady on the wing, I thought he, I actually thought he played quite well on Saturday. It was probably his best performance for us of the season in the, in the second half. The pass for Winchester was, was magnificent. Well, it was a lovely team goal, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but obviously, we've got Dejaku. Is that, I, I think that's right. You dog here. Dejaku. There we go. Him. Um, he's obviously going to be. I think Johnson said that he's ready uh, to play a part now. Obviously, wasn't in the squad on Saturday. Um, would you? Would you? I thought Gooch was was good as well on the on the other side. I thought he was excellent. So, does anyone change any of the wingers for 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 one of the one of the new lads? Like, um, I think I'd hold fire on Diaku. Um, I think making your debut from the start away at Fleetwood. I mean, that's kind of a you're going to get kicked up in welcome. the air. Yeah, welcome. This is this is League <laughs> this One. Is, this is what we play. Every, everything smells of fish around here. <laughs> um, well, as well for Dejaku, I think, was it him? No, actually, I think it was Hoffman who um, referenced the Sunderland and Die documentary when he signed. And obviously, they're going to be meeting like the star of that. So, like, I might be a little bit awestruck with like Simon Grayson being like in their double. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well, well, Welcome to our world. Just you were sub, you were once subbed on for uh, Serge Gnabry, and now some cart horse for Fleetwood's going to boot you up in the air for a week. Uh, so I uh, yeah, to uh, actually answer that question, I think uh, Diaku from the bench, and I I'd keep that front three because again, like McGeady hasn't been as influential as he has been in previous seasons, or like we just don't rely on him as much. But he's he's still got to he's still got to start in games like this because he does still have that bit of magic that could you know he does it ahead out of nowhere. I no, I absolutely does, and it, I think it's a good thing almost that he hasn't been as influential because yeah. it means we're not just giving the ball away to McGeady, who's you know got two men on him and ask, and asking him to win the game for us. And there was a couple of, there was a, a couple of occasions last week I thought you wouldn't. You don't necessarily associate with his game, but his tracking back last week I thought was excellent. And a couple of times in the second half, um, he got back. I think from a couple of our corners they were breaking away, and he, he tracked back really well, um, which isn't obviously something you you would associate with him. So he's, he's even he's getting himself more in the game, getting himself in the game more than he otherwise would have to because we aren't just lumping the ball to him and going, there you go. Um, but it's just nice to have options, isn't it, Mick? Really, like we've got, obviously, uh, Broadhead as well, um, mm-hmm. who hasn't really featured much, but looked look quite good at from what people managed to see at Blackpool uh, mm-hmm. when he started there in the Cup. Yeah, Broadhead, he's good because he gives you that like, versatility option off the bench as well. Like He can play like, wide on the left, he can play up front. Um, so it's a good option to have. But just to kind of summarise what you're saying about McGeady, I think it's a really good point that Saturday was his best performance, but he wasn't the vocal, the, sorry, the focal point of the team. 
that yeah. was still very much Ross Stewart and everything we did went through Stewart. So I think that's a really encouraging sign that McGeady's made like a really good like contribution by like setting the goal up for Winchester. It's a lovely little ball he's played for him. And his overall game was better. However, he's still not being like you say the focal point. We're not just like looking to get the ball for him as like a default we're playing a much kind of better, more intricate style of play where we're threading these little passes and like getting on the half turn and behind teams. So I think that's really encouraging. I would tend to agree with Tom. I mean, I disagree slightly. I don't think Gooch had his best game at the weekend. I think he um I think he had plenty of good intent, but I think um, in the final third, like kind of his last pass or like shot let him down like on a few occasions. But he was certainly bright and I just think to Jacques I think it would be a bit like kind of like silly when he's not had like so much first team football that just kind of thrown him throw him in rather, particularly when we've got kind of like a few kind of Saturday, Tuesday games coming up. Um, so I think Tijaka is going to get his opportunity to kind of like start then. So I think now I think it will be good to just get like as many minutes as possible in under his belt. So maybe play him off a bench on Saturday and then he's got a great opportunity against Wigan and maybe get 60 minutes into his belt in the League Cup next week. I was going to oh, say, I, agree. Yeah. I was going to say like, I imagine he'll start against Wigan on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. You, you would think so Um, with, with the likes of Frick. Well, I like, you know, we talk about options. Aidan O'Brien, not even yeah, in the squad last. No, but he wasn't even in the squad last week. So um, that shows where we're at now, really. Like in terms of, we've gone from, oh God, someone's going to have to play here. To mm. like, we have half a dozen interchangeable players in the in the in the final third, really. And it's 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 something we've not seen for years. Um, having well, having quality players who, who can come in and you know are not just some dickhead on loan from somewhere. <laughs> um the <laughs> one change to be fair we, we're talking about changes one change that uh, Johnson has to make is at centre half which is a bit of a shame because Flanagan is suspended Rem- remarkably really five yellow cards in six games well, I can't of. remember making like a single bad tackle, really. Like, like, not, you know what I mean? Like, no, yeah, the one on Saturday was ridiculous as well. Like, he, like, oh, I nudged the goalkeeper. The referee was terrible, I thought. <laughs> I think there's um, more of an indictment on the standard of referee than it, it is, is on Flanagan. He doesn't like, he, he's not as, I mean, uh, the one he made actually, there was a definite yellow, wasn't there? Because when we played um, Wickham, he just pole axed somebody in the middle of the pitch. Yeah, that was good, that. <laughs> so that was, <laughs> that was probably... Uh, yeah, that was definitely one yellow, I think. But uh, that maybe that counted as five. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, so obviously there's there's options. There's, there's Bailey Wright and there's, there's Alves um, to come in there. I think I think he'll probably go with Bailey Wright. He's been the one that's been used off the bench when he's felt the need to, to shore things up. Um, when, you know, whatever people think of that. Into his decisions to bring him on during the game, people have got mixed opinions on that. Um, but it looks like for me, Bailey Wright comes in and plays alongside Doyle, which makes sense because if you're playing yeah. Alves there, you're playing a you're playing two children centre half basically yeah. against you know just some men, some I guess. Blokes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you talk uh, about in, you talk about interchangeable options, and I think that's right. So I think um, like you'll be right for Flanagan all the time, and it'll be Doyle for um, Alves throughout the season, because there will be times yeah. where like Doyle, you you can't just keep on playing him because he's seventeen, not because he lacks ability, but just because like he's seventeen, he's only played like a handful of senior 
game. So at some point you're going to have to kind of take him out of the firing line and give him a rest. So I think it's, it's a good point you say there. I think Bailey Wright's got to come in as much as I don't rate him as highly as maybe um, some people do, particularly when he first came in, especially on loan. But I think it would be the sensible option to start him on Saturday because, like you say, if we do play Alves and Doyle and we end up losing the game, then people could like kind of turn pretty quickly, which we don't want. I think they like to play them when it's not necessary together as well. Like if there were exactly. only options, then fine. But when you've got like Bailey Wright, who I agree, Mike, I, I'm not, I, I don't think he's as good as he maybe was when he came in or ha- maybe we thought he was um, when he came in. But he's a more than, he's a more than adequate replacement of for course. Flanagan. Um, yeah. Uh, this is it though. It just shows how far we've come again. We've gone from talking about Bailey Wright this time last year. He was like crucial. To our, yeah. to our defence and now you look and you're kind of saying oh well we're having a debate about would we be happy for him to come in off the bench are we happy with him coming on for the last 10 and I just think that sums up the kind of like rising standards that we've kind of had like off the back of a transfer window which is really pleasing to see yeah it is it is just nice to see it's it's nice to see that well some actual progression really yeah Um, just across the board Um, well yeah I think that's Obviously, the fullback circuit, and I, I think, I think, is kind of finding his feet a bit. That will, will have really helped him that goal line clearance, definitely. Yeah. Um, he needs a moment like that. I think. Um, yeah. was definitely his best game for the club. Oh, he was. It, it was. I, I, I thought he was good, and obviously Winchester is a colossus. So <laughs> we don't need to consider taking him out of the team ever. Undroppable. Um, he is undroppable. What a guy. He absolutely loves it as well, doesn't he? Like he loves that uh he was loving it when he scored running to the He's he's great, isn't he? I love him, yeah. We he's are like, lucky to have him. I, I did get uh I texted me mate the other day and he was we talking he was saying because Bolt he sports Bolton and had been on a really good run. And he says the only way to like you know really stop Bolton is like deal with their tricky winger. I was like, don't worry. It's like Carl Winchester will take care of him. And he just replies like, that's the most League One name I've ever heard. (laughs) Great, isn't it? (laughs) You're damn right it is. (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm going to ask for some predictions. I'm going to do that at the end, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, That's kind of... I can't be bothered to talk about Fleetwood's team. I don't really know. But are you you both going to Fleetwood? I am, yes. yes. Um, Are you getting the train there, Mick? No, but I'm, I'm slumming it on the supporters bus for me, but... Train for me. Cans at 8am. Uh, well, yeah. The, uh, Come on, it doesn't leave till 5 to 9, so... Five hour That's never stopped you before. I wake up via York, which is hilarious because it's the wrong way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there are reasons because it's just with short notice. <laughs> I so you got my route planner from Bristol Rovers last time. Yeah, I'm going by Narnia on the way home. Uh, <laughs> TV services on the way to Bristol. Yeah, yeah. That's so, that was so dumb. That was, that was so amazing. Dumb. That was great. I've had, well, I've had two miserable trips to Fleetwood before just because... I've never s- been. Because it's just on... Well, the one I went was a midweek and the tram wasn't running on the way back. And That's then, good. And then you I could have just on- got the train from Fleetwood trains. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I was like, "Excuse me, mate, where's Fleetwood train station?" Oh, it's like they took it away during you know whatever that plan was in the, the 60s. beaching axe, I believe it was. There called. it is. There it is. And the other time was on New Year's Day, and I had possibly the worst pint of Guinness on my entire life <laughs> in a in an O'Neill's in. Oh, sorry, no, is it the Yatesies in Blackpool on the seafront? Name and that's, shame. That's not going to be good. Disgusting. 
that's not going to be good in there. Well, no, well, good in Blackpool. Well, exactly. Um, well, apart from Sunderland's performance on Saturday, obviously. The um, yeah, so that kind of uh, wraps up the the Fleetwood prediction stuff. Um, we're going to take a break just before we do. Um, former Sunderland captain Grant Ledbetter. Retired this week from professional football. I actually thought he'd retired when he left at the end of last season, mm-hmm. but um, that shows what I know. Uh, but yeah, a, a great, a great guy, really good servant of the club. And we should say the... it's Grant Ledbetter you're talking about. Yeah, I did, didn't I? I thought. No. I did. <laughs> oh. Well, I'm talking about, of course, Max Power. No, I'm talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, Grant Ledbetter. Uh, yeah, good servant of the club, a great guy, and. It was nice to see him. It's just a shame it, it, his last season really was was with no fans in. But yeah, uh, yeah. a good guy, Grant. Yeah. yeah, well done. A nice career. Yeah, I mean, a good career. Played twice for the for the lads, and there's always that you know the, the moment won that the goal against cup. Arsenal as well. Yeah, the lovely moment against Arsenal and the pizza cup. What a legacy! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'll take a break now. Uh, come back and we've got some questions and we're going to talk a little bit about um, people not having any well people wanting to pay by cash The Wise Men Say Podcast is brought to you in association with From the Terraces for a 10% discount on all products enter the discount code WMS10 at the checkout stage. While you do that, check out the From the Terraces podcast presented by Matt Keeling and Rory Fallow, available from your usual podcast platform. For more information, just search for From the Terraces. Welcome back to the Wise Men Say podcast. Um, on Saturday, I... Uh, I had a pint at the ground, right, at half-time. Oh, yeah? Which I don't normally do because the queues are normally mental at half-time. Mm-hmm. But the new system, I think, we're going to talk about the new cashless Stadium of Light, I think operationally works incredibly well. So mm-hmm. I joined the queue, and within three minutes, from the back of the concourse to the front, I had a pint. The quality of the pint, mm. Yeah. That's not the cashless system's fault. <laughs> I think, I think, and I, look, I, there, there are there are concerns going around that people have been excluded from from the club, basically. And I, I, from a personal point of view, I think the cashless system works really well. In terms of, I'm not even talking about buying the tickets here. I just think in the ground, um, it, it, it's much quicker. It's much more convenient um, f- for for me anyway, and for I presume. The, major- the majority of people but I do think that I don't know I'll ask what you think I, I do think that communication is probably key and making sure that yeah. people are aware of this yeah. um, rather than just announcing it on Twitter yeah. maybe something through the post would be a good idea I think that would have been quite um, the communication thing's right I think they're going in the right direction in terms I of do, making yeah. the, the stadium cashless just to make it you know, a bit smoother if you want to buy anything to eat or drink. I think the opportune time to do it would have been when they sent the season cards out. I know there's yeah. a big faff over, you know. But you want, just... like, caviar with it. <laughs> yes. Um, you want to support the mugs, like. <laughs> but, yeah. 
But it's, it's what should be done. Every football ground in the country is moving towards this system. In the UK, we largely live in a cashless society. Yeah. It's quite rare. It's like I was over in the UK like for 10 days, and I think I went to a cash point once because even like, you know, your backstreet boozer now takes your card. You don't really need cash. And like, for example, like here in Vienna, when you go to watch uh, Rapid, it's like nowhere takes cash. It's all on these little like club cards. So you just load up the card and yeah. go away with it. And it's like people from all walks of life go and watch Rapid, you know, from children to pensioners. Mm. It's like, and it's just the done system. There's never any cues and it's just a really smooth system. But I mean, I think it's a good thing. And like, I never used to buy beer in the stadium. I like just again, well, maybe because of quality, but also because of that reason, because you'd be by the time you've got it, it's one minute you've got to neck it and yeah. then go back and watch the match. So anything to make that process quicker, I think is a good thing. Yeah. Also, just another point, I think they have um, like reduced the price in the stadium as well. Because they have, uh, yeah, definitely. Because me and my dad before the wicking game, like he gets like a supporters bus through from kind of like the back end of beyond. So by the time they get through to Sunderland, it's usually about kind of like half past one and because of traffic, it was nearly quarter to two. So we're like, oh, Salad, we'll just go in the stadium rather than finding kind of like a pub near the stadium. But anyway, we got in and then like I went to the thing, like £3.50. I was really like pleasantly surprised because mm-hmm. that's like not much more than you'll pay in an average pub. No, yeah. I paid three. It was three fifty. I had a pint. Yeah, I think that's a really good move because I mean obviously the, the standard beer is never going to be amazing and drinking out of plastic cups never going to be amazing but I think it's definitely a step in the right direction and it'll encourage people to get the ground up a bit earlier as well I think if you can kind of compete with kind of like the price of pubs in and around the stadium so that's something to be applauded but I definitely agree with the point of communication I think that's been a fault of the club for a good few years now that they kind of presume that everyone's on Twitter and I sometimes mm. kind of think like even so, because we often talk about people who are kind of like, oh, well, like who are like kind of 80 years old and that, but yeah. it's not just them. Some people like don't live their lives kind of um, on social media. So it's so I think, for example, so like my dad's not even 60, but like and he's a bit more on it now, but kind of like five years ago, for instance, if I wasn't on Twitter and stuff like that, there's a lot of stuff about the club he wouldn't find out about. Yeah, so like my uh, dad doesn't he, use Twitter at all. And he, yeah. well, he refuses no, my to dad use it. My use Twitter. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, and like he doesn't really go check the club website that often. You wouldn't be. You wouldn't, especially for something like like this. I guess if it's like a, you were like, well, I would have been told. Like, yeah. um, and it, it's not, you know, that, but and it's not as if I think sometimes you the the point gets lost. It, it's not like you know people who are seventy year old won't know how to use a contactless card. It's that they won't know that their only option of payment is going to be that card. Yeah. So they probably might just think, oh, I'll just shove a tenner in my pocket and have a pint at half time. Yeah, yeah. Rather than, it's, them, it's my only means of paying for this. Like, it probably isn't. Yeah. But it, yeah, that's it's the like- thing. It's like most people have like, people always have cards on them. People never usually have cash on them. Yeah. So it'd be more of a faff if said, we only take cash. Oh, oh, that would be that'd be chaos. That'd be terrible. Like there's one cash point that. within. The, I was gonna say <laughs> there's like one <laughs> cash point within about a four mile radius of the stadium of light. Like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you've even like yeah. Imagine the cute that Barclays machine just next to the ticket office, yeah, really. which never works anyway. <laughs> no, it doesn't. 
course it doesn't. Well, no, it wouldn't, would it? Um, but no, I just, I just, I just thought, um, yeah, I just thought it was worth mentioning. I, I, I get the point. I do get it. I get, I get the, you know, what people, the concerns people are raising. But I think maybe if, if the communication is, is, is a bit better and a bit quicker, it's probably not an issue. It's, it's not a massive issue, is it? It's not going to make that much impact on people's lives. I don't it, think. This is it. It's like all walks of, like I said, like the majority of stuff, if you pay your bills and, you know, you, you buy like a season pass for the Metro or for the bus, it's all on a card and it's yeah. all like you tap in, you tap out. And it's like, it's the same. It's the same in football stadiums. And like I said, all, all across Europe, this is the done thing. So it, it doesn't no, make sense that like teams like ourselves should be doing something like this. Yeah, I do think it's a good point that some people raise over should maybe be kind of like a club card system. I don't know if there is where you can kind of like top that up kind of at the start of like every month or just before a yeah. game or whatever and use that in the stadium. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that, that, that that's a good idea, uh, you know, because that would probably make it even quicker, maybe. That's what uh, I said. I said that's what my, uh, I have like my rapid stadium card and every time you go in, you just... Or you can do it on the internet, just load tenner on yeah or twenty yeah. euro before you before you go in, and it's just like it's so smooth to do, and it's yeah. like there's there's machines all in the turn like in the concourse where you can just top it up if you need to or whatever. It's just it's quite a good system, and then like if you want if you want all the money back, you just ask for all the money back. You just put yeah. it on the thing, and they'll give you the money back. It's it's that simple. No, it's a, it's a, it's a good idea, and I just thought it was worth touching on. I know people look people. Some people are not going to agree. People, some people are going to have different views on this, but I thought it was it was just worth giving our views and 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 bringing it up because it is a, a bit of a hot topic at the minute. Just uh, to finish off, we have got a few questions from a few listeners. Uh, we mentioned him just before the break. Grant Ledbetter. Uh, Mike has asked if we think Grant Ledbetter has a role to play at Sunderland following his retirement. Um, he thinks he deserves something given his commitment to and passion for the club. Um, I get it. I get the sentiment there. I do. I get it. I would like to see him back at the academy if he's going to be a good coach. Yeah. Like, it's also like, how many times have we said this about a, play, a Sunderland player that's retired? Oh, he should yeah. be on the coaching staff. Yeah. If You know, I think I think, he, he, I think Ledbetter certainly, from what I know of him and, and what we've seen of him, has the... the the character and the, the personality and certainly the attributes to become a good coach. Um, so, but I, I only want at the minute with the way we're going and the way things have turned and, and what we're looking to do in the future, we should only be recruiting. We can't be recruiting on sentiment anymore. It no. can't, we can't do no. that as much as I love Ledbetter and I do, I do get the point. Unless it's uh, Lee Catamull. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who did the great North run in one hour and 35 minutes. On <laughs> Bloody hell. That's incredible. <laughs> Um, yeah um, Chris Laws has said no questions just buzz for 15 minutes which you kind of done really yeah it's more of a vibe this um, Young Lambton what's the <laughs> what's the Bundesliga equivalent of our broth now I believe this is from uh, my point that Ross Stewart would see out his contract for us playing for our broth uh, which of course was as ever wrong um, please write off both Germans accordingly. I, uh, I didn't think I, I didn't think the goal, I didn't think the goalkeeper was very good on Saturday, but I don't think I can write him. Mm. 
I'll write it. Oh, well, oh, 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 I could write it. I'll write no. I'll have a word with him, and he can. That's no way. That's another podcast that I do every oh, Friday. Crossover episode. <laughs> um, I'm not going to write him off. I'm not going to. Yes, I thought he was rubbish last week, but it was his first game. So yeah, let's not write him off. And I can't write the other guy off. He's never. Can I, can we write the other? Ooh. No, we can't. No, we not. I'm not going to do that. The Bundesliga equivalent, though, of our growth. What's that, Tom? Um, the one that the one team that just comes into my head now is like Darmstadt because it sounds good. <laughs> right then, you can go. Yeah. Well, if we lose to Fleetwood, both of the German signings can go and play for them. Yeah. Paderborn. 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 Yeah. They. They. Yes, yeah, actually, they're... they are because they fell through four divisions. There you go. That's that's great. That right them then. Right. Yeah. Uh, Chris Tizek, McGeady's performance, he thinks he's doing okay. He's playing his part, um, but he's heard a few people say he needs to come out the side. Not sure I agree. Well, we kind of covered that earlier. Um, we all leave him in the team. Um, and I think he's like, his influence is still there and it's it's more encouraging this season. Um, Ryan Ran has asked uh, with... Arbanit Shimajli back in full training. Can you please confirm how to correctly pronounce his name? <laughs> Which uh, have I just on, Matt, done that? Well, I've just said Shimajli. Shimajli. Is that uh, right? I don't know. Yeah. He'll never play. He'll never play for us, so it don't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter. Call him whatever you want. Um, points target. <laughs> Dorf has asked the points target for the season, <laughs> given the start we've had. Will this be the 100-pointer we were promised? Ooh. No, it'll be the 107-pointer. Uh, I was going to say 108, actually. Well, they are, then. Go on, Mick. I'm going to go for a horrendously pessimistic 96. That's pathetic. 96 and not promoted. Yeah. <laughs> Third. Oh, Third Best goal difference. One yeah. defeat. Wigan win every game from now. <laughs> Wigan and Fleetwood. They, At least we'll get to see the Max Trophy lift if that happens. Oh, that'd be nice. Oh, that would be, yeah, I would enjoy that. And the Charlie White uh, Trophy lift. Yeah. Ryan has uh, asked, Sunderland want to build this sustainability model of where we are self-sufficient. Do you believe we have to balance that with keeping our main talents, such as Neil and Embleton, to build a team around and progress through the leagues? Yeah, there's going to be a balance, isn't there? I, I think mean, that's, that's a complicated question for I this I think he on. means basically like, yeah, it is quite a complicated question. But we can't, obviously, if daft offers come in for players, we're not going to be able to keep hold of them. That's, no. that's where we're at. Um, but there is a balance. And I think we will achieve, I think for me, we'll achieve that. And we will now no longer take the first £30,000 offer for any of our players <laughs> that come in. And I think that's kind of the balance that needs to be needs to be set. I also think if we get promoted to the Championship, we'll have no worries about keeping yeah. hold of players like that. Yeah. Agree. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of it. Well, uh, Alfie asked the thoughts on Denver Hume signing a new contract, but I think we've covered that. In it's, one it's good. It it's is good. good. I agree. Um, all lots of agreement tonight. Um, right. Fleetwood predictions before we go. Tom? Uh, we'll win 2-1. Scorers? Um, Stuart and McGeady. Good. Mick? I'm going to go 3-1. I'm going to go Stewart. I'm going to go Embleton. And I'm going to go Bailey Wright from a corner. Oh, and nice. the good bench as well. I've good specifically bench. said 3-1. I want to say 3-0, but what I want 
is for Fleetwood to get a consolation goal in the 85th minute and we can, like, ironically, J Captain Pugwash. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That would that. be nice, wouldn't it? It was great when they played it in an empty stadium last year. <laughs> yes. Uh, like, that's like somehow like eerie. Last game, no less. Yeah, yeah, it is very eerie. It is very eerie. 4-0 for me. Nice. Um, with, uh, I don't know, Dan Neal getting all four. The, like um, yeah, right. I think I'll try and, well, we'll try and put a reaction put together on Saturday if we can. Um, and then we'll be back next week. The lads, the Dars will be back Monday and we'll be back being stupid next whatever day it is today um all that's left to say really is uh yeah thanks very much for listening